Hello, and welcome to the Spiritual Expansion and Ascension Podcast, your guide on this crazy spiritual journey with me, Melissa Fike. This podcast is for those who want to expand their consciousness and dive deep into the Great Awakening and the next paradigm shift. We'll be exploring all sorts of metaphysical and mystical topics, including timelines, parallel realities, the matrix, the quantum field, manifestation, aliens, the Akashic Records, and so much more. It's time to raise your vibe. In this episode, I'm going to share an interview I did with my good friend, Matt Finch. And Matt is a recovery coach. He is phenomenal with the work that he does. And the reason I wanted to share this is because we all have our addiction issues. We can be addicted to TV. We can be addicted to food, other substances, illegal drugs, and even weed can be addicting if it's something that you feel that you have to have all the time. And it's up to you what you want to do with your addictions. So if you have a sugar addiction, if you want to hold on to it for a while, that's cool. But the information that we share, both Matt and I, in this interview is really special because I feel that it's giving people tools to help them in their life to transcend and transmute all sorts of different things. We talk about mental loops. We talk about addiction to media. So enjoy this episode. And if you love it, please subscribe and leave a review. Sending you love, light, light, love. Before you reach for your phone, make an intention. What is my intention for the day? I intend to have great relationships. I intend to flow through my day. I intend to see the beauty and grace in my day. I intend to whatever. Even before I get out of bed in that moment and meditate and do my exercise, I go into my heart and I sit there and I say, my intention is to be fully present with an open heart, to love boldly and serve wisely. And I wait for my heart to be so open and then I do one or two things and then I go meditate. Thanks for tuning in to the Elevation Recovery Podcast, your hub for addiction recovery strategies, hosted by Chris Scott and Matt Finch. This is episode 167. I'm Matt Finch, your host, and joining us today is Melissa Fike, who's a returning guest a good friend of mine and a previous spiritual intuitive coach of mine as well. Melissa is the founder of Spiritual Expansion Academy. She's also an Ascension teacher, healer, coach, speaker, and an advanced intuitive. Melissa's passion is Ascension and expanding the consciousness of the planet by supporting the spiritual community. She is an open channel to the Ascension frequencies and sacred light codes and loves to share that wisdom with you. All of Melissa's current classes are online, including an Akashic Record certification and an Ascension Light Code activation class. Her book, A Radical Approach to the Akashic Records, Master Your Life and Raise Your Vibration, is consistently a number one Amazon bestseller. I myself read that as soon as it came out, the ebook, 
and gave it a five-star review. It was sensational. Uh, Melissa's been studying metaphysics for most of her life, and she's been teaching metaphysical classes for more than 20 years and has been an intuitive reader for over 22 years. Melissa's certifications and trainings include a BS in psychology, angel therapy practitioner certified through Doreen Virtue, the reconnection, Theta Healing Practitioner and Instructor, Theta Healing Intuitive Anatomy Practitioner and Instructor, Reference Point Therapy and Practitioner and Instructor, Rapid Personal Transformation Practitioner and Instructor, a Chakra Healing and Balancing Certified Intuitive Counselor, Reiki Master, Intuitive Coaching, and Energy Healing Mystery School Graduate. She is a wealth of information, both with uh, spiritual, metaphysical, and also scientific, quantum physics, psychology, philosophy, and much more. This was a really fun interview and talk with her. I'm excited to present it to you, and let's get started. It took a long time to get to this place, so boy. Yeah. What I found is that the opioid and other addictions were probably the easiest part. It was... The thinking, the types of the, the healing your past. Yeah, and that's where that I want to cause because it wasn't like you were addicted and then you had issues. You had issues which made you more prone to addiction. Exactly, and then after I quit, I quit my addiction while I was going to school to be a become a certified substance abuse counselor, and so I started interning at a opioid treatment program, an outpatient one. Only six months after I was off of drugs and alcohol, only six months off. And here I am starting to help all these other people. And I did that for years and years, just learning how I could help these people, practicing helping. And I didn't work on any of my stuff until a relationship came. And then all of a sudden everything, because before it was just me, you know, I could be, I could be narcissistic. I could be a workaholic. I could be this or that, but in a relationship, it was me and someone else and she wasn't putting up with that. And she had a lot of emotional and psychological and trauma things too. So we just, and that, that relationship was like what probably put me on a new life path, even more so, and maybe not more so than the addiction, but I want to start talking about some of the notes I took from one of your podcast episodes. And this is, I'm very interested in this stuff. Awesome. You said, so energy shifts, light codes, more conducive to bring you into unity consciousness. 2020, moving from lower chakra energies uh, to heart, slow, gradual process from 2020 to 2030. We're just hitting the precipice of the ascension process. We are in a state of uh, perpetual shift and change. The only way for you to stay in your heart energy is to be more present in the moment and then recognize how your inner process is a reflection of your world, everything that you create around you. So I want you to talk about that type of stuff, because a lot of people are confused. You go on to the news networks or YouTube or social media, and there's just seems like all craziness going on. So that's why I really wanted to get you on, because your perspective on this is the one that I like to listen to rather than a bunch of other bozos talking. Right, right, yeah. And it's hard for a lot of people because they get caught up in the fear that is there in those other forms of media. And what's the best way to control people? Fear. 
And when we're in a lot of fear, we put ourselves in a place of being more of a follower than a leader. So we don't even lead our own lives. We're just following what everybody else wants us to do instead of leading our own lives and leading from ourselves, from our own heart. We're saying, okay, that person knows something. So I'm just going to follow them and follow them. And a lot of people who do have addictions, probably part of their problem isn't just the addiction itself. It's the trust in themselves, feeling like they are good enough or that they can do it. And when they feel that way, it's easier for them to follow than to make their own choices and decisions. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to be the most intuitive person in the room? Advancing your intuition is such an important part of your spiritual development. I'm so excited to share with you my new advanced psychic intuitive training. I've spent over 20 years helping spiritual seekers like you to discover and unlock their psychic abilities. My approach isn't just about developing psychic skills, but about aligning with your deepest spiritual truth and tapping into your divine wisdom that resides within you. I'm humbled and blessed to have taught thousands of students to accelerate their intuition. They've gained confidence, clarity, and a renewed sense of purpose. And you can too. So take this opportunity to live a more intuitive, enlightened life. You're ready for this, and I'm excited to support you on your spiritual journey. Go to melissafike.com slash psychic to sign up today. This isn't just a course. It's a path to awakening your true self. So let's walk this path together towards a life of wisdom, clarity, intuition, and spiritual growth. Just go to com slash psychic, and I'll see you there. Seems like a lot of people are outsourcing their truth even, or kind of outsourcing more than they need to. And that fear that you've said, that is the best way to control people. And addiction for a lot of people is just perpetual fear and fight or flight. Melissa, I got to probably honestly say that I think it was only in this last year, perhaps, that I feel like I finally started to live predominantly in the heart and the present moment versus addicted to thinking about the future and trying to predict and worrying. I was a big worrier and uh, resisting what is and being attached to certain things. And so nowadays I'm just like driving around my car and in traffic and I used to get pissed off and now I'm like, oh, this is, you know, just enjoying the present moment. I can do that better because of a few things. Number one, biochemical optimization, taking care of your health. But also number two, what you were talking about, recognize how your inner process is a reflection of your world. And we create our worlds through that inner process. And for years, I was just looking outside of me. Oh, this thing right here, this seminar, this supplement, or this person. And now I just look 
within. And sometimes it's really hard. Um, the last in December, there was some full moon or eclipse or new moon. I'm not sure what it was. A lot. <laughs> but I remember for like a day and a half, just feeling like I wasn't depressed, but I was melancholic and I felt stuff stirring up. And so there's been a lot of different energies and some people have dealt with it good. Some people have dealt with it bad. Um, what, what do you recommend for people to kind of break those habits? Like, for instance, when someone has so much momentum at being fearful, at living from those base survival chakra energies, think worrying and, and thinking that there's not enough money and there's not enough freedom, yada, yada, yada. If people have a lot of momentum going in that direction, what is one or two things they could do? They could take notes on this episode and go, okay, what can I start? Is it meditate in the morning with your divine love meditation, which I love? Is it, what are some things people could do? Because that's what I found. It was hard. I'd get a little bit of progress and then I'd fall back when I get a little progress. And so it took just consistent success, you know, and the progress was not linear, but now I've come to a spot where there's so much momentum and there's so much uh, repetition of that, that I think now I've got a new personality. I'm way more chill. I'm way more go with the flow. I was such an asshole in the past. I was so impatient. So and that's a lot of that's because of your coaching and helping me for all those months a few years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, I commend that you've done so much work on yourselves and that you didn't hold back that when things weren't working, you were looking for something to change you, but nothing outside can change us. And that's what I want everybody to understand is that you can't look outside of yourself for the next thing that will change you. A person can't make you feel love. A situation can't make you feel worthy. It has to be within. And that's difficult because we are trained by our family, by society, by all sorts of institutions, that something outside of yourself will make you feel better about you. If you have the right car, if you have the right girlfriend or boyfriend, if you have the right job, or if you're off these meds, and then we want you off those meds, but we'll put you on these new meds. You know, everything outside of ourselves to make us better. But nothing outside of us can really make us better. It's situational. So I always call that situational happiness. Oh, I'm so happy to see you, Matthew. I'm so excited that you're here. That's a situation. Joy can only come from within. And it's difficult because you, we weren't trained to feel inner joy. We weren't trained to look inside for what is really, you know, who we really are. And what makes us happy? We're trained to be what a minion to everyone else's stuff. And the minion part of us is also trained through trauma. And unfortunately, way too many people have had major traumas in their life. As someone who has an addiction issue, most likely they had a lot of trauma in a childhood. And because of that trauma, it created this need to feel something. And then they didn't want to feel something. So they had to numb out. And, you know, that's part of it. So what you have to do is kind of retrain yourself and you have to start calling bullshit. I am not going to let those people 
take my life over anymore. Whether it's somebody from 30 years ago or from two years ago, it doesn't matter. And you have to start taking your power back from them. And the way to do that is to, yes, go in and ask yourself, is that fear real? Most people's fear is something, an old trauma from the subconscious mind. So it's an old fear. It's not a new fear. It's an old fear. And what happens is people think that they're unsafe in this moment. But 99% of the time, I'll ask them, are you unsafe right now? Or do you have a literal threat to your life? And most people will say, no, I don't. I don't have a threat. You know, nobody's coming after me with a knife or anything. But, you know, when I was six, yes, I did. But we're living from that six-year-old self. So you have to start asking yourself, is that fear real in the moment? That will help. The other part is opening up your heart, which is hard for people. And that's why I actually created the Divine Love Meditation for people to utilize that heart-spaced wisdom. Um, And people want us to stay in fear. It's better for them. It's better for society. It's better for institutions. And it's better for, you know, all sorts of political, you know, institution, I'm talking, you know, corporations, um, medical community, COVID, (laughs) everything. If we're in fear, then we are controllable. When we're empowered, we're not so controllable. And they don't like that. And look, most addicts, the one thing about them is they do have a rebellious spirit about them. (laughs) <laughs> and that's what I love. Like I'm a, I'm a rebel in a lot of ways. Um, you would look at me and you'd think, where do you rebel? I rebel against society all the time because my way of thinking is not what it, most people want you to think. And I'm very rebellious with that. But I also have a lot of compassion because we're rebellious because we can't help but see that something doesn't compute how that person treated me at four years old from, from the age of four to 16, that doesn't compute in my mind. And I need to rebel against it. So we try to pull away from that. So we're actually rebelling against our own personal selves sometimes too, because we're, we were trained to be the victim. And that's an issue for a lot of people where we've been trained. It's easier for for them to make us a victim because then we're not empowered. Does that make sense? (laughs) Makes sense to a former 24-7 victim. Remember me talking during our coaching sessions? Oh, and she did this, and this is this. And you must have just been like, oh, this guy has a lot of work to do. No, I would, but I would pull you back in and say, you know, you can choose that. And it is a choice, but you have to be consistently present. And that's hard, Matthew. Come on. It's really hard for us to be present all the time. And why do you, why do people go into substances to help us feel more addicted? It numbs us out. It makes us not have to feel the pain and sorrow and difficulties that we felt. And it's, it's not easy. It's not. It's the, and then when you come off of drugs, all those emotions come flooding out so hardcore. So 
what go what you stuff down with substances eventually comes up, whether it's six months, a year, or in my situation, it was many years before it all started to really come up and come out. And, you know, at the beginning, I was just on this, wow, I'm doing so good. And I was kind of addicted to the, the fast successes that I was getting uh, in life and in business. And I was addicted to, to the positive reinforcement I was getting, uh, but people on Facebook, it was all just so ego. And now I wasn't off on Facebook for about three and a half months. And now I went back on just to be a part of this one uh, recovery group, just to be an admin and go on there a couple times a week. But since doing that, since really just most of the day, there's not a bunch of information. Before I had my earbuds in, always listening to audibles, always listening to pod. And now I just, I'll, I'll read for a half hour or maybe I'll watch a video or two or listen to one of your podcasts, but it's a much lower information diet. And now it's, I just get to enjoy more, more time to actually do fun things before it was this addicted to growth and success because I felt so uh, undeserving and I still had low self-esteem even years after quitting drugs. And, and so that was a, a compensation to try and feel good about. Now it's like, so I love aging because if you grow while you age, then life should start getting better and better. That's what I've found. Mm-hmm. 41 is my favorite year ever. Hallelujah. Yay. I'm so excited to hear that. Yeah. So there's a few things in there. First of all, those emotions that we stuff down, they're still there. They're still sitting under there and we react So even though you may not have felt them or know what they felt like, you were reacting in your life. And even if you didn't know what those emotions were, you were still experiencing them through some sort of reaction when you got sober. And then the other part is I actually am really, I have a very clear awareness of what content I consume. And, and I'll give you a short little story around that. My son, who's 24 now, he said to me, you know, mom, for so long, I didn't understand why you dad never watched the news. Everybody watched the news. Everybody knew they all, everybody. And he goes, now I get it. Now at 24, I get it because there's nothing. It doesn't feed anything inside of you. It feeds fear. It feeds control. And it feeds our ability to not be sovereign beings. And that means that I know what's right and wrong and what's truth for me. What they're trying to feed us is their truth, including conspiracy theories, including, you know, no matter what news channel you listen to, no matter who you listen to. So personally, I only look for things that open the energy up for positivity. And I actually think that's where we are heading because all this fear, negative based energy, that's the old way. So if you want to be like your grandpa and only follow what everybody else tells you to do, if you want to be like your parents and, you know, be part of this political party or this belief system, then go for it. But if you want to get out of the old mold into the new mold, 
You want to start deciding what content do I want to consume? Because we do want to grow as humans. But knowing about everybody's idea about a person or how, you know, I'm so bad with um, celebrities, but like how Brad Pitt, who he's dating now or what he's doing, I have no idea. But, you know, if you're interested in that, then you're only looking outside of yourself. Consume content that's actually going to make you feel better inside. Knowing if Brad Pitt's doing whatever, does that make you feel good? Does that make you feel excited, positive, ready to take on the day differently? No. So what you're consuming, I mean, think about this. When you move past an addiction, a lot of people, what they do is they replace that old addiction with a new addiction. And like you replaced your addiction. I've seen it time and time again with people and I get it. Um, But what happens is they're also, so decide what am I consuming through my body, you know, through my mental, emotional state, through TV, through videos, through podcasts, what am I consuming? And am I consuming things that are, are dark and dreary movies? video games. I mean, a lot of that stuff is negative on purpose. And I hate to say that it's negative on purpose because the energy that wants to consume you wants to consume you in negative light. And you have a choice to go in that direction or not. And I don't mean to be negative about it. I want to encourage people, even if you love like video games that are a little wonky, okay, play that for a little while and then play some Madden or, or listen to a positive podcast. So it doesn't mean that you have to like go cold Turkey. (laughs) (laughs) More. I see what you're saying. And I lived what you're saying. And it is very common when I got off all the hard drugs and substances Like I said, then it was workaholism mixed with caffeine addiction. Then it was codependency and literally a person addiction. And she had a person addiction to me. Then it was food addictions and more. And then it was more workaholism and caffeine. Um, I I don't, I'm not addicted to anything right now. And it feels really good for the first time. It only took nine years of going from addiction to, and there was phases in there where I wasn't addicted to anything, but. It is very common. It's it's so crazy how the human brain is so avoiding of pain that we'll just do crazy things to avoid that temporary, to avoid feeling those emotions, like poison ourselves with too much alcohol or taking way too many pharmaceutical drugs to get rid of that. And what you're saying is when we are more present and when we, instead of just going day to day and reaction on our regular habits of consuming too much news and too much TV in general for most of Americans, but to really access your prefrontal cortex to zone in and get in the present moment. And then I notice when I'm doing that, which is throughout the most of the day, I'm pretty darn present. I'm, I used to be really unorganized and now I'm super organized. Thanks to Ashley. She set up this whole office area and everything's minimal and organized. So now that I'm organized, I'm able to just, not be scatterbrained nearly as much. But when I do that, when I'm present and going through the day, then I can make better, much better decisions because 
back in the life of going from addiction to addiction, I wasn't thinking about this stuff too much. It was just like, go, 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 right? No time to pause and inner reflect and all that. I was just chugging caffeine at work and doing this and doing that. It was nuts. So when people are more present, then you can make decisions better. Like, wait a second. I don't really need another cup of coffee. I actually feel pretty good. It's just a habit when I start feeling low. And so that mindfulness, that break between when you get an urge to do uh, an unhealthy bad habit, and then all of a sudden when you've got that emotional kind of, you're tapped into it and you go, wait a second, that's just a little urge. That's going to go away in a minute. Or I, a lot of people don't have that. I didn't have that for ages. And now that I have that, I'm like, so this is what it feels like to be like a lot of other people. I didn't have that. Um, and addiction shuts that down. It shuts down. It disables the prefrontal cortex, hijacks the survival midbrain. So, yeah, it makes it difficult to do those things. But even when people are drinking and doing and they're on drugs, you can still meditate when and do these inner processes, even when you're on drugs. And that's what I think a lot of people don't realize. And I didn't realize it until maybe a year or two ago that you can actually get really, really healthy while you're still taking certain drugs. Probably not if you're taking methamphetamine every single day, but for people that are prescribed opioids or for people taking the very popular natural opioid kratom or for people even drinking, you can actually get your shit together pretty good even while you're still doing those behaviors. And then I find that when people do this and they just naturally they start using less and then it just naturally tapers off. And that's what I'm trying to teach people and coach people to do nowadays because it just seems like such a more intelligent and kind of high efficacy high efficacy way of doing it for the people that are ready for that yeah i agree with you and also you know what took you nine years may take another person a year because they're they're dedicated to the self-growth i mean look why do we become addicted we become addicted because we are hiding from something, whatever it is. It's not just emotions. It's from ourselves, from our traumas, from our pain, from our hurt. So why not look at that? And I think that's a great way. I agree with you because sometimes trying to shift an addiction with everything else that people are trying to do can be overwhelming for them. And, you know, it's, good to start one thing after another, after another, and maybe take down, you know, start doing a step down with whatever you're addicted to and the interpersonal work with that. And then you have more an availability of changing. And the other thing that I'm hearing that I feel is really important is you, it's okay for you to change. And it's okay for you to make these major shifts. A lot of people, their family want them to be addicted. Their family wants them to be victims because if they're victim and addicted, then they're part of the tribe. Then they're, you know, well, we know we can fix you, Matthew. If you keep on coming back with more problems, then I'm, then I'm worthy because I'm fixing you. But no one can fix you. And you have to say, wait a minute, I'm going to take my power back. I'm not going to give my power away to anyone and take some self time to self reflect. What is it that you're giving your power away to? It's not just the drugs. 
It's the people around you. It's the media. It's your anger. You give your power away to there. The other question you can start asking yourself of of self-inquiry is, where do I allow myself to get away with things? You know, where am I bullshitting myself? (laughs) You know, and ask yourself, where do I BS myself? Because we love to deceive ourselves. We're great at deceiving other people. But when you deceive yourself, you're doing yourself such a, it's, it's a, it's actually damaging yourself when you lie to yourself. So ask yourself, where do I lie to myself? Where am I deceiving myself? Maybe I'm deceiving myself saying, you know, it's okay to keep that person in my life, even though they're still addicted and they trigger my need for my, the substance that I'm addicted to, but I'm going to keep them in my life because if I let them go, then what? That's a lie that you tell yourself, or I'll keep that cigarette in that little container just in case someday you're lying to yourself. You, you know, do you see where I'm going with that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and along with the the lying to yourself also, people have behavioral blind spots to where people that know them and are around them can see it, but they're just like, huh? Uh, I had a lot of behavioral blind spots. and But this is all such great stuff. I'm like thinking where I want to go next. Oh, yeah, and I want to dovetail on not only are people cons- a lot of people consuming too much content that's negative that's not making them feel good but as far as consummation we can consume videos and articles and uh, podcasts and books we can consume foods beverages oxygen we can consume the smells we can consume the touches and that's one of the things that's helped me a bunch my co-host chris scott and i were doing a podcast maybe two months ago And he said that his new Monday routine, because even he used to work in finance for years and it was real stressful and he was an alcoholic. It was crazy. So still to this day, he's got some residual, um, you could call it probably residual trauma even to where on Mondays he still get, he wakes up and has, you know, kind of feels a little bit uh, stressed out just a little bit when he first wakes up because of the normal Monday grind that was just a few years ago. Well, that was like six years ago now. But anyways, he started to drive to the beach in Savannah, Georgia, a 45-minute drive each way, and go for a barefoot walk on the beach. That's what we do together when he visits me here. And I'm like, I haven't been to the beach in so many months, and I live a mile away. So for like 15 days or so in a row, I think I missed one day, or I think I might have missed two days, but I know I missed one day. About two weeks in a row, I went down to the beach every single day for a half hour to up to two hours barefoot. Most of the time I didn't bring my phone. A couple of times I did coaching calls, but I was focusing on feeling the sand in my bare feet, feeling the ocean water in my bare feet, feeling the wind, hearing the birds and the sounds, feeling the ocean spray, smelling the seaweed and the salt water. I did not used to do that stuff. Well, I did when, you know, when I was doing lots of Qigong and learning about that stuff, I did a lot of that. So now I'm back into that and that's my personality. I'm back to playing music and stuff too. Like I stopped doing all this stuff and now I'm doing what I need that creative outlet with music. I need that nature full immersion, at least a few days a week. And so I've started to consume stuff that makes me feel good versus 
And of course, I'll still eat some crappy foods here and there and watch some crappy stuff here and there. But mostly that's just a little bit, you know, it's like in um, Buddhist psychology, there's addiction as one extreme. And then when I ended the substance addiction, I did a bunch of other extremes, just go big and work, go big and all this. So now I'm starting to find and even take that middle way of moderation to where things aren't so extreme. And when I notice myself getting like kind of obsessive about something, and then I have to just pull back because I know where that all goes. Right. Right. Well, so what happens is that um, your, your brain, because you did have take so many different substances, your brain got addicted to the high, right? So now those substances are no longer giving you that high. What's going to give you your next high? Overworking relationships where everybody's yelling at each other because those are stimulating you. And now the reason that you feel differently is because you're no longer needing that, that addictive high. And I get dopamine highs from kissing, kissing, hugging, petting my bird, filling yes. <laughs> uh, out my, I, so it's a client, not to cut you off and we'll get back, but a client texted me yesterday saying, she was listening to one of our podcast episodes uh, about natural highs while she was cleaning out her closet and found some old VHS tapes and cassette tapes. And she said that gave her a dopamine boost. This is now a year after she quit opioids and we worked together and then I helped her get off of um, Ambien too. But she was getting that natural high and she remarked and I was thinking about it. I was like, I really feel like all day from when I wake up to when I go to bed, it's just natural high after natural high all day long. I didn't know that was possible. The yeah. brain sure can rewire, huh? It can rewire. And, and that's what you want to do. And you talked about nature, which is so important. And too many of us don't get out to connect. And the problem is when you sit in a room or in a home or an apartment, the energy is stagnant and there's no new stimulation. And that is going to make your brain dormant. Mm. And you're doing the same thing over and over and over again. It, it makes your brain complacent. When you went out and took those walks, not only were you being present, which is a key in its own right, because when you're more present, you, you hit more of that bliss state. Then you are also being more available to different parts of you that you weren't always, was always available. And it does, it rewires your brain, which then in turn rewires your DNA and your whole being. So you're on the right track. I think it's really important. And it is hard for people, you know, they live in New York City. I mean, it's hard to find ways to, get out and do something. And that energy, like New York City, City's energy is so dense and I can't handle it more than a couple hours a day, maybe. The density is too much for me. Um, and so you have to find other ways, maybe, you know, having plants walking the high line. I can't, I think that's what it's called in New York. Um, going down to someplace, <laughs> Central Park, anywhere, um, not just in the store to buy more stuff. 
<laughs> find a way to connect to nature in some way or another. That will help as well. So I think it's great. And it does give you a natural high. Absolutely. If you're present, but if you're just trying to get, you know, your walk over with, you're not going to experience the same experience. I know that I have it uh, pretty easy living in Southern California, block away from the beach. So what I wanted to recommend for other people is to just, like you were saying, get more creative. You are also saying how when you're in the house all the time in the same environment, then that actually has a negative impact on us because of we are wired to seek novelty. And so there's no novelty if you're just home all the time. And I found myself because I work from home um, and the weather was bad here for a while. I found myself going stir crazy and even getting bored. And that that's boredom has been out of my vocabulary for so many years. It's ridiculous. Can you remember? I'm like, am I actually bored and going stir crazy? And so that I was like, screw it. I'll just go for a walk in this crappy weather. I would have, I have to get out of the house uh, to do something. So I just want to encourage listeners. If you don't live by the beach, like me and Chris, and if you don't live in beautiful Sedona, Arizona, like Melissa with me on the call, get creative. There's, there's, ways to get creative even if you all you can really do is put on a 4k nature video on youtube and have it on your tv so at least there it, someone else is going on a nature hiker there's nature because even the pictures and the videos will have somewhat of a calming effect not of course not being submerged in it but. right so part of what you what we miss as humans is that we're inside so much more especially through covid and it actually isn't healthy for us because we get a lot of, um, we don't just get external stimulation from nature. We also get vitamin D. We It helps us, our immunity, being around bacteria. Like you said, even walking on the beach, you're getting a certain amount of immunity from putting your feet in the sand or in the dirt, um, you know. When I come back from a hike, I mean, I'm dirty. My poor dog, I have to wash him because he's filthy. And even with that dirt, I know that that dirt has a certain components that probably will be healthy for my body. And so, yes, walk, you know, seeing nature, but I encourage people to actually spend time with breathing outside, even if it's three to four minutes just walk outside and take some real breaths with real air, not the air that's been filtered or that, you know, has dust in it um, and, and breathe it in, take a walk in the rain. I know it's not always, some people are like, Oh, I don't like the rain. We'll find something positive to do. It's hard because all of these things and all of these things are just a band-aid for the inner work. Because the inner work is really what's, go what's going to make the major changes. If you go for a walk every day, it's not going to change your whole life. Mm -hmm. But what you want to do, maybe when you're going on a walk, make an intention. And I actually love to make intentions. And I love to teach my clients to make intentions. It's a very simple process. So when you wake up in the morning, what's your intention? If you're just reaching for your phone, then your intention for the day is I'm a slave to what everybody else wants me to do. 
So before you even get out of bed, before you reach for your phone, make an intention. What is my intention for the day? I intend to have great relationships. I intend to flow through my day. I intend to see the beauty and grace in my day. I intend to whatever. Um, I personally won't even get out of bed. So I do have, uh, and, and I change things up just a slight bit. So I'm not always doing the same exact thing. But one thing I definitely always do every morning, even before I get out of bed in that moment and meditate and do my exercise, I go into my heart. And I sit there and I say, my intention is to be fully present with an open heart, to love boldly and serve wisely. And I wait for my heart to be so open. And then I do one or two things and then I go meditate. That's a great start to the morning. My goodness. And then you, when you put that up against the opposite of that, so yours is extremely proactive, intentional to the core. And then the other one, oh, check my email, check my Facebook, check my text messages, check my voicemail, check the news to see what's going on in the, the American political drama reality show. Um, <laughs> and yeah, those are great tips. I So I don't do it right when I'm still in bed. But on my couch, pretty soon after I get off bed, I got my planner and my James Clear Habits Journal. I write gratitude stuff, intentions, and in here and then maybe something else if I want to and then my planner and I'm just sitting here thinking visualizing the gate the day going good and really is like for people to change their life it's it's hard for sure but it's very simple for for a lot of people um, for instance just writing down measuring what you do every day so at the end of the day write down everything that you did approximately how much time if people just do that every single day I watched five hours of TV. I was on Facebook for an hour. And if you just do that every day and put it up on your refrigerator, you'll start to go, holy crap, do I really want? Because unless you like kind of see it, it's hard to really know just how much you're screwing shit up. And then yeah. when people start tracking and measuring, I did that once with going to Starbucks and spending money on Starbucks. And I did it once with eating out. And I was like, oh, I'm spending a fortune. This is crazy. Unless you track everything like that are most of the things how are you supposed to have a kind of a accurate and clear you know version of that like model of what's going on yeah absolutely because most of us go through our lives um just in sleep mode we're just doing the motions but i i want to just back up just a hair if you don't mind matthew um one of the things that the reason i do that ritual before i even get out of bed is because I just woke up. So I'm looking at brainwave patterns with this. So let's say I woke up from a dream or I just, you know, woke up from a dream and then I'm moving into that alpha, you know, I'm in that alpha theta brainwave state. I'm more likely to, that's when you're programmed. So I don't want to program my day in a beta or high beta state. I want to program my day in a alpha theta brainwave state, because when I program it in that state, then I'm programming it in my subconscious mind more than my conscious mind. And that's why I kind of do it that way. Um, 
And, and that's why I do it that way. It's all up to me. It's all about the brain patterns. And then I meditate when then I get into those brainwave patterns and I hit some high gamma in those meditations, which is like freaking amazing, like knock your socks off, bliss, crazy brain orgasm type of experience. Um, and then, and then I start my day. And it's hard. Sometimes I want to reach for that phone. I mean, believe mm-hmm. me, we're so start addicted working to- on your business and start doing fun because your life's great, you know, so you want to get going with all that stuff. Yeah. And I'm kind of I'm you know, I'm one of those people. I'm always looking like I'm always asking spirit, how can I serve? What can I do? And I get a lot of inspiration and I love to implement So I love the inspiration because I'm super, you know, I'm very spiritual. That's who I am, but I'm also very grounded and practical. So I'm always thinking, like, I just talked to my sister who does some VA work for me. And I was like, I need a whole spreadsheet for how to do my um, Awake TV series. I'm starting a, um, a TV series. And I was like... Yeah, I know. I'm so excited. Um, between that and the podcast, I'm busy. But um, I was like, get a whole spreadsheet because I, wa- I want to be organized and grounded. I don't want to be out in the ethers. I want to be grounded. That's what I'm here for. But I want to program myself really early on in the day. So then my day is kick ass. And that doesn't mean crap doesn't happen. You know, you get that phone call that you're like, womp, womp, womp. <laughs> you know, and then you're like, okay. I could see this as a negative or I could see where the beauty is in it and the grace and the love in that. And um, that happened to me today. I was all bummed out because I have to change banks because my bank is closing. I do everything online and dealing with that kind of thing just drains me. But then I was like, wait a minute, is this draining me or am I, am I a victim to this or, or am I, how can I see it differently? And I was like, no, this is great. I feel like this is actually a really good bank. I'm looking at the names. I'm like, this is perfect. So, yeah. You 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 uh, challenge that initial reaction, reactive reaction thought, and then you won. You said, nope. So you won that challenge. Like, I challenge you, thought. Yes. And then I call bullshit you, you, on you, thought. <laughs> there's two people I want to bring up right now. Based on what you've been saying, Dr. Wayne Dyer, who recently passed, as you know, a few years ago. <laughs> do you know but who? He, do you know who on the other side is in charge of Awake TV? But please tell me, Wayne. Yes. Okay. So he that's keeps gonna... on coming up over and over and over again. It's hysterical. I know he's like, yeah, he's yep. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. So his, one of his quotes. When you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. Yes. It's all about perception. The ascension process. I want to talk some about that. So you're you're big into the ascension thing. Could you just basically describe it in simple terms for people like me and many others that don't know? Because I do. I know somewhat about it, but I'd love to hear your. What is this ascension that we're in the process of? We're right at the precipice, you said. And it's like 10 years long. So what's going on in these next 10 years? Yeah, it's longer than that. But we're going to, it's going to be like a little wonky for a while. And it is, it's just going to be wonky. Ascension is really about us as a collective energy, as humans, shifting and changing from an old paradigm 
into a new paradigm. And this is just the evolutionary process. And think about it in the way of what what we had 10 years ago in technology is so different than what we have here today. This is about conscious evolution. And there's only one way to move. So we've come from a very dense energy system. And that dense energy system is sitting more in what we would call like the lower chakras. And so the third chakra is all about fear and control. Now, if that does not sum up what the last 50 years has been and longer before that, but especially the last 50 years, what else could it be, right? So this this lower chakra has been going on for thousands and thousands of years, this third chakra stuff. We're moving into the heart. So the ascension is about moving from fear and control into love and compassion. Now, if you look around, people are shifting. A lot of people are trying to shift how they perceive their environment. And the old way of fear is really trying to pull us back into fear. And we can do grandpa's way, or we could blaze a new path. And gurus, lightworkers, intuitives have talked about this for the Aquarian age forever. And, you know, back in the 60s, um, you know, all that love, Aquarian age business, we were not in the Aquarian age at that time. But that's what they were seeing, what they were sensing. That's what the astrologers were talking about. And what this really means for us as everyone, the ascension is happening. We are moving from a lower consciousness into a higher consciousness. Doesn't mean it's an end result. Doesn't mean that like some people are going to get it and other people aren't. It's happening to everyone, whether you understand it or not, or you know it about it or not, or you're into it or not. It's already happening. And as someone who has been in the spiritual world for a long time, I've watched this progression and what I've noticed with this ascension is that people are looking for something to fulfill themselves in a different way. It's not about money. It's not about prestige. It's not about the ego's needs. It's more about how can I feel fulfilled within? And I love that because that's what we need. If more people were fulfilled inside, then we treat each other better. Then we'd feel more compassion over someone who is going through an addiction than being angry at them or saying, you've ruined my life. Um, and, and it is kind of like, it's not a utopian society. I want you to understand that it's not like, okay, to, today we're all in anger and fear and tomorrow we're all going to be in love and light and everybody's going to hug and kiss. It's an evolution. So we may falter a little backward. We may feel more ego. We may be less present in this moment. And that's okay because even when you you trip backward a little bit, there's movement forward. And it's interesting because ascension is really about the addiction process. It's about moving from a place of being a victim 
or in controlled by a substance into moving into a sovereignty, into our own individual self and looking for our own joy and happiness within can't come from outside. You've tried that. Everyone who's addicted has tried to look outside of of themselves for love and joy. (laughs) And we know it doesn't work that way. And what's happening with the ascension basically is that we are evolving as a species and it's happening no matter what's happening, no matter COVID or anything else. And I actually believe that COVID was a springboard for people to say, what do I really want in my life? Like here I was, you know, driving an hour and a half to work each way, spending three hours on the freeway. Is this what I want? So people have really reevaluated all sorts of people have reevaluated their life and said, is this really what I want? And that's because the ascension, it has nothing to do with COVID. COVID was the catalyst. So think of everything in your life is what is the catalyst that has propelled me into this direction or that direction? And you can use that in addiction. What catalyst propelled me forward in that addiction? What was the catalyst that made me break up with that person that I actually found love for someone different? What was the catalyst that made me question, is this who I want to be in my life? So always look at what's the catalyst because that's propelling us either back deeper into the addiction or out of the addiction. Deeper into the ascension or out of the ascension. Not out, you can't go out of the ascension, but more toward the ascension or or moving back into grandpa's time. <laughs> I love catalysts. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, sounds like what you're saying is uh, the catalyst that people are reevaluating things right now is the ascension, the precipice of the ascension. And also COVID acted as an accelerant in a bunch of areas, including the ascension. Yes, 100%. And it's crazy because I remember when the end of 2019 happened, I was like, oh, 2020 is going to kick us in the ass. I was like, it's going to really propel this ascension forward. I never would have predicted this and the way it, it went out about. I'm not a predictive person. I don't predict things anyway. That's not who I am. But I was like, wow, and I'm watching it and I'm watching what's happening. I'm watching how people are reacting and I'm watching all the spiritual community. And then same thing happened at the end of 2020 where we were kicked in the ass. I mean, um, spiritual people, I know a lot of spiritual people and they're like, holy Toledo, 2020, like kicked me in the ass. Now, at the end of 2020 in December, I actually got COVID. And what's the weird thing is that I hike alone most of the time. I don't have, I have a very, I don't even have a lot of friends in my my area. Um, Everything I do is online. Um, I don't eat out much. So (laughs) I got COVID from someone who lived with me that I, I opened my home to, to help her out. Um, and I infected zero people, by the way, zilcho, not one person did I, um, in fact, but 
I'm telling you right now, it's just telling my sister, my gut is better in better health. I don't think any colon, uh, colon hydrotherapy or supplements, I've done all that stuff. My gut health is in the best it's ever been. And I think it's because I went through COVID. I think it changed my personal DNA. Now, now that may be creepy for some people and they may not get that. And I would definitely not say go get COVID because I was sick, but something shifted in me. So I think that things, and because of who I am, I, I know everything happens for a reason in my life. And it, it didn't make me feel down or out. Um, you know, some of it wasn't pleasant, but I, I came out of it. I feel a different person. And I was asking, how else can I shift my physical body and my ego? And boy, I got kicked in the teeth for the last two years around that. And, um, but I wanted it and I don't regret one thing that's happened to me in the last couple of years. And a lot has happened. It's one of the biggest lessons that you taught me that I've continued to, for the most part to this day, that whenever I start to like get a little freaked out over things, your voice just, that just comes in. Like everything is happening as it's supposed to go. Everything's perfect. You know, non-attachment, just being okay with life as it unfolds. That surrender. was such a good surrender. Just let it just, and really, man, I'd love talking to you, Melissa, but I don't want to hog your whole day. Where can people find you? You've been on before, obviously, but what are the best websites? What are your best products, services where people can learn more? And of course, we'll put them in the show notes as well. Yeah, that would be great. Um, so it's Melissa Fike. It's F like Frank, E-I-C-K.com. So um, that's my website. On my website, I have um, a divine love meditation and that you can find on the front page. It is a great meditation for opening up your heart, connecting um, through giving and receiving. So most people are really good at giving, but receiving is also always difficult for people. So I love that meditation. It does put you on my um, email list, but you can absolutely get right off. Um, no, I want it. It is for free, but of course, you know, we, we do have to like, some people want to know more so they can know more through being on my email list. And then also um, my podcast, it's called Spiritual Expansion and Ascension. Um, and I give all sorts of information and it's a little spiritual, but a lot of it's very practical, um, emotional, mental tools, because I'm really um, a coach that wants to help people transcend and transmute their lower energies into being more fully aligned with who their soul self is. So, yeah. Yeah. It's well, your podcast is, I'm a huge fan. I left a five-star rating and review. And Thank you. what I like about your podcast so much, and also the divine love meditation, I can't recommend that enough. And I open pretty much every email you send. I'm on your list, but <clears throat> what I love about your podcast is like if someone else were saying some of the things, it might sound like airy fairy, but you blend like spirituality, metaphysics with quantum physics, psychology, philosophy, sociology, uh, just you blend so many things together and it's, you put scientific things in there and just 
powerful. Like I was reading the other reviews too. I'm like, this your podcast is going to blow up eventually. So hopefully, I want to uh, recommend to all you listeners if you've enjoyed this episode, her podcast is sensational. It's only been out for a couple months, but I've been eating up the episodes at at double speed. All right, Melissa. So Melissa Fike F E I C K dot com. Yes. There's the Divine Love Meditation. People can get that and they can unsubscribe if they want to just to get. But I don't recommend doing that because your emails are free. They're free emails and they're great tips. Yeah. And your podcast is called The Spiritual Expansion and Ascension. And it's expansion Spiritual and Expansion and Ascension. Mm-hmm. I was like, yeah. Ascension. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Melissa. Again, this was a great round two. You knocked it out of the park. Um, Thank you so much and have a wonderful day. You too. Thank you.